Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Congratulations. Before I lose the entire audience, I want to raise my glass here to Aaron Rodgers. Hey, 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 hey. Salute. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I love him. I think he's the greatest. With guest host Susie Schuster. Earlier on the show, Fox Sports college football analyst Bruce Feldman. Coming up, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Plus, broadcasting legend Rich Eisen. And now, it's Susie Schuster. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show underway. Susie Schuster in for my husband, Rich Eisen, who is busy holding up Tokyo Gold, everybody. Tokyo Gold. On yeah. Pika, TJ Jefferson. Holler. Mike Del Tufo, Chris Brockman. Great hey. show so far. We've got callers on hold. It's a big call day. I am thrilled. We want to take them all. Would you please hold on? The number, Chris, 844-204-RICH. Is still, that right? Still the same number, 844-204-RICH. Just stay on the line. We're going to talk to Rich here, and we'll get to you guys this hour. Promise. So welcoming in my husband, Rich Eisen, who is calling in from Greenwich, Connecticut. Good morning, Rich. How are you? Um, actually, uh, if you want to GPS me, oh, um, I'm on the border of Scarsdale and Larchmont, New York, right now. Hey, now. Whoa. Are you Whoa. off to play golf? What's happening? Again? I am. Wow. Yeah. wow, look at you. I mean, yeah. I mean we're working Tokyo here. But man of leisure, Rich Eisen. you have a good time. <laughs> Tokyo Gold and then Terrible Golf. Um, so I don't know what metal, precious metal that would be. Um, so that's what I got. Cole, Rich. Um, how are you guys doing? We're good. good. I mean, it's been a... We're good. We're having a yeah. heavy day. Yeah, heavy day. Yeah. Oh, good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. yeah. We have a lot of callers. We're asking them all to hold on because we want to get to okay. them, and we're, we're excited about it. Okay. I'm, I'm white-knuckling this. I don't know if uh, you are, Brockman, but as... Is Randall Cobb officially a Packer? He officially he officially tweeted this morning, "I'm coming home." So uh, I think that's a done deal. Oh. Breaking news, Rich. I mean, Dude, you know that Brockman dipped his toe in the in the <laughs> in the world of news and information. Reports, right? Well, actually, we're, we're calling him Brock now yeah, because Brock he's bomb. an NFL uh, yeah. insider. So you have to like woge. It's Brock Bombs. Bombs. Rich, I need to be officially referred to as an NFL insider from now on. Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's feeling really good about himself right now, Rich. (laughs) I'm actually laughing about how hilarious this all is, but it's it's fine. Look, Schefter and and Ian, they they don't have to give me credit. It's cool. I don't need the credit. That's not true. That's how I thought. I didn't see your Twitter feed. I saw somebody said, you know, at Chris Brockman of the at Rich Eisen <laughs> and then the word show, which is upsetting to me because, I, as you know, I'm always wanting to brand the brand show, all. Right. at Rich Eisen show. So that's how I saw it. I'm like, what the hell is he <laughs> <laughs> And then I went to your Twitter feed and it's just you wrote it like your Schefter or rap. Like, are you going to are you in rap sheet going to have like an anchorman type throwdown later yeah. on or what? <laughs> Is that what you're going to have? I don't know. He's coming on later. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, McAfee gave him uh, props on this Oh, yeah, show. that's right. Yeah. Pat was talking oh, about right. my tweet, too. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Pat. All right. Well, Very NFL good. insider Chris Brockman. Thank I mean, you. he's Thank always you, Susie. Thank you. He's always good for the first information of the day. Do you have anything for Rich on any potential signings or not signings in New York? Yeah, what else? No, no. I don't, don't, don't have anything else. Zach Wilson's still not uh, in camp. But Trey Lance is back, so that's good. Your sources yeah, no, haven't hit you up? last one, right? He's yeah. the last first rounder to be. Zach on Wilson's the last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's what God. that's what his uh, NFL sources. That's say. what my sources are telling me. Not. Close. I mean, I can't even. <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, I am 
well, I am without speech. I'm <laughs> I have no speech. I, 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 I don't even know what, how, how, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to breathe easy yep. and, you know, and understand that the kid will start week one <laughs> and it's going to happen. He will be there. This is, they're making a sausage. I don't want to know how it's getting made. It's delayed. It's pissing me off and it's ridiculous. But you just give him what he wants. Just give him. Just give him what he wants. Is it the most Jetsian thing to draft your no. new franchise player and then have him not there for the start of camp? I think this has happened before. Though. It happened with Darnold. Same thing with offset language yeah. or whatever the hell it is. Right. And they finally, like three days later, <laughs> gave him what he wanted. It's just like you know, let's get going. Let's get going. You draft him. You screwed it up by winning too many games. Then you draft him. Now we're all in on him. Let's be all in on him. Give him what he wants. Get him in camp. Start it up. My gosh. And, of course, for everybody sitting back thinking Mac Jones is going to be the second coming anyway. He's going to stroll in. It's going to be great for the Patriots. And, you know, uh, I, I mean, it's just – I'm just going to breathe easy. I'm on I'm on the border of Larchmont and Scarsdale. I'll just tee it up. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it and um, and and um, and and – I'm I'm without speech. What, what what's the, the foursome happened. today? Because yesterday it was yeah. what DP and Shap uh, and Reed. No, yeah. Well, Dan, Dan <laughs> Susie, as you know, Dan comes up with nicknames for people, right? Yes, so, I've I've, um, I've been on the tail end of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so his nickname for Jeremy Shap yesterday, he was calling him Shapaquitic. Oh wow, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> All right, Chappaquiddick. You know, I just like, I mean, it's just like typical D. And Dan was terrific. Dan Dan was happy Dan yesterday? He wasn't, he was happy Dan? Dan is just, everything's good with Dan. And his game is terrific. And he was giving Jeremy some tips. And, you know, uh, Chappaquiddick was was, was in the drink a couple times. Um, I mandated Uh to say. But uh, he did all right. I was not very good. But um, it was just great to be out there with old friends and, so that was a fun time. Was it was Dan um, giving him Rich? Was he giving him barbecue tips or was he giving him golf tips? Well, as you know, Jeremy does not require barbecue tips. Um, he is the he has invited me over for a barbecue over the next few days. I don't know when we haven't got a date, but Ooh. Um, he's he loves he loves his barbecue. My God, does he love it? So, but it was a fun day, you know, a fun day. Oh, here's one. Here's one for you. So you'll never guess who I ran into in the elevator of my hotel. You will never guess, so I'm just going to come out and say it. Martin Scorsese. <laughs> no. No. Not even close. Brett Haber. No. New York Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. It was one of those, like, what? You What's know, he doing what? there? You're what? right. We would have exactly. never guessed. What? Exactly. That's why I finally gave it to you. So, you know, the Knicks. The Knicks um, train, you know, near the Connecticut-New York border, and I guess that's why he was there. And um, I'm, I'm in the elevator, and, you know, I'm masked up, and, you know, he's masked up, and we're just sitting there, we're talking, and I just, like, pull my mask down real quick and just say, hi, it's Rich Eisen, figuring that, you know, he, he goes back to the sports center days. He's been in the NBA for quite, quite some time. And, you know, he either acted like he knew me or he really didn't know me, and as soon as, like, he was very, you know, he recognized who I was, I immediately got white with a little bit of panic that <laughs> he knows about the Dolan Worm. <laughs> I got very self-conscious in the elevator 
which goes very slowly in my hotel, very slowly. <laughs> okay. And it just, it just started ticking away. And it, it's one of those moments where, like, okay, he knows I hate the man that um, pays him. Um, but he could not have been uh, any nicer. Tom Thibodeau, little signing. All right. A little signing for me. How about, how about, about that? that? How about that? That's my story. I got nothing else. <laughs> That's a great story. That's a cr- have I blown up the flow of this program? Yeah. <laughs> Just by calling in? No. Wait, who are you golfing with today? Oh, um, Reed, my buddy Reed again and two other people you don't know. Okay. So, right. teeing it up, going to play, and uh, I don't know when I'm going to get to play again this week. And Tokyo Gold was a lot of fun today. Um, good times with that one today. Nice sigh of relief for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, taking care of... Um, Iran. Um, wait, wait and, can I can uh, I interrupt for a second right there? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at ESPN.com this morning as, as I was prepping for the show, and they're like, you know, we saw what we needed from USA basketball. Uh, it's Iran. Yeah, did we? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't it like 120-66 maybe? They were 41-point favorites. I mean, we saw what we needed out of USA men's basketball. It's Iran. I mean, isn't that? They don't have. Yeah, no, they don't have it's any crazy. Uh, NBA players. And the next team that they play, the Czech Republic, does not have any NBA players. But as I was leaving uh, NBC headquarters, I was watching Australia and the Italians take on each other. And the Italians have Gallinari. The, uh, the, the Aussies have, you know, Patty Mills. They've got some players. It's a different ball of wax now. The NBA's everywhere. Luca lurks with Slovenia, you know. And um, so... Yeah, I guess we needed to see what we saw, which was like a 60-point smackdown, and they should beat the Czech Republic, too. But it'll be a, I think it's definitely going to be a, a tight grip of the wheel at 10-2 and two when they start to play elimination matches. That's but, coming. By the way, Chris is um, very big on Luka being oh, the yeah, most I, impactful and most important in super MVP. Hot, super hot take from last week, Rich. Yeah, it was a Monday, maybe it was Monday. If Luca somehow, because you know he dropped forty-eight, which was just shy of the Olympic record, first forty-point game since like ninety-six. If Luca somehow leads Slovenia to a medal, he's already jumped Giannis as the best player in the world. Are you guys forcing me to have a take involving Giannis again? Because my last <laughs> one was the worst take I've ever had in the history of having. Just, we're giving you a shot you. at redemption. What was the take? Uh, my take was... <laughs> oh, Susie, it's so bad. What was the take, Rich? It was, it was from last year. It was bad. It was from last year because the Miami Heat, as you know, made the finals. And Giannis was supposedly up for grabs because he hadn't signed a Supermax contract yet. And I was saying that I would not break up the Miami Heat. I would not send Tyler Hero <laughs> and, you know, uh, what, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, for Giannis. I would, I, and a right, bunch of picks. Giannis. Yeah, for Giannis. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't break up the heat for for uh, for Giannis. For and, and for um, two weeks, I had to like go. Are you sure about this? <laughs> yes, wouldn't do it. Every day we brought it up. Like, really, you wouldn't trade for Giannis? That's like when you go into your emojis and you find the the what's it called the the GIF or GIF or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's like dancing Beyonce and all that. That's when you find like the most ridiculous one of like somebody from the office making a face. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really yeah. did that? You know, they That's try to fix me. Yeah. That's yeah, I awful. Yeah. But I, but I, you, uh, yeah, right. It is <laughs> right. And, uh, that's why I copped to it a few weeks ago when the Heat got eliminated, and the, and Giannis keeps moving on, and then it just got worse. <laughs> so you're forcing me now to say 
Luca, if he leaves Slovenia to a medal, he's the best player in the world. Yeah, so like you know, Luca's like yeah. fifty points of the you know games. Slovenia's know. never even qualified know, for the Olympics before. No, no, Rich, let me let me preface this by telling you last week with with Ben Lyons, as Ben and yeah. I were talking and trying to hype up Carmelo. And yep. I brought up the fact that Carmelo is the greatest U.S. Olympian of all time. Brockman <laughs> said it didn't matter. So it went from the Olympics <laughs> and winning gold not oh, mattering to 72 hours later. If Luca wins a gold, then he's the best. So all of a sudden, the Olympics matter. So I'm confused. I'm not sure about you. <laughs> yeah. But- By the way, Durant ate six points against the Czech Republic to pass yeah. uh, Carmelo for most points all time by I the was, U.S. I was watching that last Olympic night and thinking of Ben Lyons and wondering if Ben was just sitting there like just yeah, crying. Leaving. Like, yeah. But he's got another game. He's got another game. All right, I'll answer it. I mean, come on. Giannis put up a 50-piece. In, in winning a championship in Milwaukee. I mean, <laughs> come on now, man. But this is a I mean, Slovenia wins a medal. I, I, I know. Slovenia can – Slovenia medal. I'll, I'll still stick with Giannis because I'm, I'm, I'm scarred with my last <laughs> I mean, I think you can't think go wrong my, siding with Giannis. That's, here, my, yeah. that's my safer bet. And, and Rich, um, Rich, again, last yeah. night I'm watching you and I ended up calling Chris about 2.33 and we were chatting. And I was like, bro, I, you know, I'm not going to say this to Rich in person, but I'll say it to you on the phone. I was like, this guy is crushing this right now. Like, it, it's, it's really impressive. Like, Rich's shuttle clock minute is, <laughs> is amazing. And, like, you're, you're doing great work, man. It's, it's impressive to well, watch. Thank you. I'm having a blast. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm needing to, I think, you know, edit myself uh, today. I almost with the shuttlecock minute was the you were feeling that uh, a lot yesterday <laughs> the sport the sport was judo and i almost said i put the jew in judo oh, God. i decided not to wow um I, yeah i almost did that but Suze, i i gave i i thought of you for a line today which is when uh the uh italian fencer um advanced to the gold medal against korea which is tomorrow the uh his italian teammates jumped on top of him I called. I said that's an Italian pig pile, which in the world of meats and cheeses is called charcuterie. That's <laughs> so, one of my well, favorite I, words. Well done. I I thought of uses. But what's so crazy is charcuterie is not even an Italian word. You, sh- you should have said you know, <laughs> molto prosciutto. See? No, no. I I I know, but I, I but charcuterie is what you get as a it's a it's a plate of Italian meats and cheeses. Isn't well, it, it is the finest meats and cheeses. It is. Well, it's really it, French, but that's neither here nor there. Let's not break this down. Goodness. Wait, wait. Can I ask? Can I ask this of my of my husband? Were all the Italian guys really handsome? Oh my God! You know, the, just the last thing I want is to have this Italian fencer take off his hood and you see what's on the hair. Hood, just like. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, yeah. you were you were this happened. What was it? Two weeks ago, wasn't Djokovic took on an Italian guy? Right? <laughs> That's right. Final. That's and right. Susie comes in. I'm swearing, our daughter is sitting there. Our <laughs> daughter is sitting there because we're trying to show her. Hey, because she's into tennis. She's taking tennis lessons. Like this is what it's like at the highest level. Our daughter is sitting there, and then they, they show the Italian guy uh, on screen, and Susie's like, "Oh God." Like that. <laughs> In front of our daughter. He's like, I'm sitting right here. Yeah, yeah, hello. Yes. So the Italian, right. And the Brazilian guy who was surfing, they're all, yeah, none of of them are, they're all, they're all big, they're all big men on campus. They're all big men in country.
That's what oh. they are. All right, so. Rich. Rich, what was your Olympic moment of the day? What was your favorite highlight today on Tokyo World? Oh, on Peacock? wow. Um, well, that fencing was pretty wild. Um, did you say on guard? Well, you must have, right? Um, a little parry. Huh. We did a little bit of that. I had David Faraday on. <gasps> How was that? <laughs> I had David Faraday on to play our Tokyo Game Time game show, and we showed him the uh, uh, the Olympic uh, synchronized divers in their very t- their very tight um, speedos, and he called them plum. Snugglers. Wow. <laughs> that's a fantasy. I love it. That's that's almost and as good as butt huggers. That's one of those things. Like, did he really say that? Yeah, he called them plum snugglers, is what Faraday called it. And he makes it sound even better in his uh in his brogue. So <laughs> that was fun today. Um and tomorrow's Dale Jr.'s coming on. So it's fun. I'm having a blast. God, he's an incredibly timely to have on actually, with everything that's happening with the Olympics, because not only does he understand the pressure of taking over Mm -hmm. for his dad and his dad's fans, what have you, but he also spoke about his anxiety with driving. He's like the perfect guy to talk about in terms of everything with the Olympics, and you'll probably play one of of your great games. Yes, yes, we will play. We'll just play a game with him instead. Sure, why not? Why not? All right, keep your head down, hit him straight. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks for calling in. All right, brother. So there you go. There's a lot of yips with golf, too. I mean, that's another mental crazy oh game. Oh, my gosh. Like, right? I don't like people watching. You and, that little, you and that little ball, man. It's the hardest sport it's ever. so crazy. Do we have time to take another call right now? Uh, let's get to break, and then we'll take some calls after the break. We have Ian Rappaport as well. So we're going to have Ian Rappaport and your calls. Marshall Falk. Oh, gosh. Marshall hey Falk in the third hour. That's all coming up here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop 
from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code EISEN. That's I B O T T A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. I always like to think that I'm his most favorite person in the room. But when the Vince Lombardi trophy is sitting between the two of us, I yeah, think I lose. Low. I think I lose out. <laughs> hey. Michael Irvin, right? I think I lose out to this hey. baby, right? It's so funny you start with this because I'm going to tell you something, man. Yes. I, I, when I was playing, I made a pat that I would never go to a Super Bowl until I play in the Super Bowl. Okay. Every guest that comes here, they're going to get Super Bowl questions. That's why I always say I would never go to a Super Bowl until after I play in a Super Bowl. So I would not have people like Rich Eisen asking me questions that I cannot answer. Now, what do you want to ask, Rich? Because I'm prepared to answer since I won three of these things. So what was it like picking this trophy up for the first time? It was the greatest thing. And it really was, Rich. It really was the Do you remember the the circumstances? Oh, my God, man. First of all, you got to go back and think about like we were one in fifteen. We were three and thirteen, one and fifteen. When you're three and thirteen and one and fifteen, Cleveland Browns, I know you don't think there's any chance that you would ever lay a hold of something like this. So to go from those days to coming in '92 and winning that Super Bowl, and actually somebody handing you that trophy. The most incredible thing, most incredible feeling in the world. Did you ever step in when you heard that Jimmy and Jerry were not doing well, or you just you, your station wasn't that I, life I just, at that I just point didn't in time? Think anything would happen, Rich. I really didn't. I was like, well, you, 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 are you joking? You know how hard it is to win Super Bowls, and, and you have a formula that's working. And and then when it happened, he's like, oh my god, like you know, I, I should have done this. Maybe I should have talked to him. I should have tried this. I should have tried that. Jerry Jones, I'm telling you, that's, that's the one thing. I'll never forget Jerry Jones telling me that when I was negotiating with him. And I was saying, you know, I'll, I'll go to Cincinnati. And it was just, I'm just talking, trying to get my monies up. I said, I'll go to Cincinnati. You can get Carl Pickens over here and let's see what happens. And Jerry said to me, the Jerry said, Michael, you know, when I see you, I see Michael Irvin and the Dallas Cowboys. He said, I kind of see it like Magic Johnson in the Lakers. He said, what is magic without the Lakers? And what are the Lakers without the magic? He said, you guys, they belong together, just like you and the Cowboys. He said, Michael, the best way I can tell you, if a bomb hit Valley Ranch today, that's where we practice, and blew everything up, everybody, everything. When the smoke clears, baby, me and you, we going to still be here. So we might as well work this deal out right now. (laughs) That's what he said to you? I promise you. I said, this dude is a fool. This dude is a fool. He had me laughing as he was telling me no about my money. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're in the Hall of Fame together. Ian Rappaport will join us momentarily from the NFL Network, but first, Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers head coach, has spoken. Let's listen to what he had to say about breaking the ice in uh, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers has spoken as well. But first, we're going to listen to Matt LaFleur, and he's talking about uh, feeling no pressure whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, no, that, that's just, listen, it's part of the business. And there's, 
you, you can never get too high or never too low in this in this profession. I just drank a lot of wine at night, so it it, uh, it put me to sleep. I, I you know you're always thinking, but I think as a coach. Uh, you're always thinking about the possibilities and how, you know what what the next move is, and try to stay ahead of the competition. Ian Rappaport joins us now on the Rich Eisen Show. Ian, what's your thoughts? What are your impressions on everything unfolding here in Green Bay? First of all, I'm surprised you're still getting to me um, because basically everyone in the world is watching Aaron Rodgers just sit there and essentially say everything he is wanted to say for the last three months publicly sitting at this press conference. I mean, it is truly unbelievable, honestly. And, and like, you know, some of the stuff's been reported. Some of the stuff is not. I think we've known he wanted to be more involved. We've known his frustration with the Jordy Nelsons and Randall Cobbs got cut. We knew Jake Kumaro pissed him off when, when he was released. But to see Aaron Rodgers sit there and in, you know, these uh, many moments, many, many raw moments, just openness is truly astounding. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, it is everything that was necessary. Maybe there will be a cleansing um, in Green Bay, and uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Tom Pelissaro put on Twitter that Aaron is saying, "I know I can still play, and I want to still play." And talked about how at the same time Brett Favre said goodbye with the words, "I know I can play, but I don't think I want to." What's the magnitude of this? If if you look in the big picture of the NFL and this detente between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. What does that all mean? Well, it means that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the Packers quarterback this year, and then that's all that we know, which is okay because I think most players in the NFL are year-to-year. You know, maybe you get a big five-year contract and you know you're going to be there three years, but sometimes it means you're only going to be there two years. So Rodgers, we know he's going to be there one year. It also means um, for those people who – enjoy talking about things like where's Aaron Rodgers or where's Russell Wilson going to go. We're probably going to do it again next off season, but you know, it's amazing that it sort of came together like it did. I think the Packers, you know, probably did a good job uh, when it became public, very public and said, we need to listen to this guy. Like we, you know, cause they traditionally, the Packers have treated players like players. And as Rodgers very clearly said, he wants to be treated like Aaron Rodgers. You know, when you're going to cut a receiver, he wants you to ask him, which is really, you know, it's, he's a star quarterback. I mean, that's what those, how those guys get treated. So I think it's incredible that they got here. I think Rodgers is the quarterback of the Packers for one more year, and maybe he retires next year. Maybe he goes somewhere else. Uh, his future remains a beautiful mystery, which, you know, we're all okay with. Not every quarterback is Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, but they're obviously seeing what Tom has done in Tampa Mm -hmm. Bay. How has Tom Brady's control changed how other quarterbacks perceive theirs to come after him? Yeah, I I do think that's something that's had kind of a trickle down. And what's fascinating to me because, you know, I covered the Patriots for three years and I feel like I'm pretty in tune to what New England is like. And Brady never got say in New England. He would joke about, I'm just a player, you know? And they trade, do things like trade Deion Branch before the season, his, one of his best friends and his best receiver. I mean, that's, you know, trade Richard Seymour. I mean, everybody was tradable in New England. And they consistently won. And then you get to Tampa and they bring in two of his friends, Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. uh, And then they win in Tampa also. Now, 
one takeaway is that Tom Brady is a very good football player and makes other people very good. Um, but I do think seeing Brady have say in personnel led the other quarterbacks to go, well, hang on a second. Maybe I could write my own ending, and maybe I could bring in my guys. And, I, you know, I think Russell Wilson thought about it. I think Aaron Rodgers thought about it. The other hand, quarterbacks generally are very bad at this because they want their friends rather than what's best for the football team. So it is something to sort of be careful of, but I think everybody took notice of what Brady did. I mean, it reminds me of the old days with Bill Parcells wanting to shop for the groceries and was it shop for the groceries and cook in the kitchen or something like that? I mean, and a lot of people have said coaches aren't good at at personal decisions either. And and a lot of them aren't. And it's the same sort of thing, though, because like, you know, we see it in the draft room all the time, you know, except for a couple teams that have very coach-centric drafting, like the Bengals are kind of like that. Um, most times when coaches get involved, mistakes happen. You know, when, when quarterbacks get involved, mistakes happen because they want their friends or they want their friends to be paid or you end up overpaying or like, you know, so that's sort of the slippery slope of this thing is that, you know, quarterbacks are generally very good at playing football and not very good at doing personnel. Personnel guys are very good at personnel and not good at playing football. Everyone should sort of stick to that. But I think Brady ended up blurring the lines a little bit. Ian Rappaport joins us here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Susie Schuster in for just, Rich. Just, uh, just not to interrupt you or anything, but just so you know, I'm standing in the Jets building right now. So if I have to run away for a meeting with a coach or something, it will not be because I don't like you. It'll just be because I have to leave. Just so <laughs> what, you know. if, what if it was because you didn't like me? That would be awful and very awkward. Have you ever had anybody hang up mid-interview? Um... Mm, have I, Chris? No, um, well, Monday we had the power go out, so the yeah. interview yeah, got I mean, cut off, but that was about that's it. pretty good. Yeah, we had someone get pulled over off. by the police. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. Wait a minute. I yeah, did John, wait a John minute. McClain John, got, McClain, got John McClain got pulled over like six years ago. Chuck Amato went running away from me midway through an interview on ABC Sports. Does that count? It's pretty good. And I chased it him was... down and I asked him two more questions before we got to the locker room. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's pretty good. The fact that he stopped again to answer your questions. He didn't stop. some level of respect. But he didn't stop. We ran. Gary Thorne will tell you sometime. It's a great story. Live on television. That was great. Because I think he dropped a little sexual harassment crap. And I I said, oh! Oh, yeah. It was was my Carrie Bradshaw moment. That's what Mike Tirico refers to it. But yeah, I don't think no one's... Hey, hang uh, hang on one second. I'm sorry. Oh. Oh, but how exciting would it be if maybe it's like a signing so that Rich doesn't have to cry into his pillow tonight? Yeah, Ian, where's Zach Wilson? I'm sorry. I'm back now. Oh, good. Uh-oh. Where's Zach Wilson? Was, was it Zach Wilson? It is, uh, it's not Zach Wilson. But Uh-oh. the problem with this time of year is every phone call could mean breaking news, so you have to get every phone call. So I apologize, but I'm back now. No, I think it's kind this of more exciting. exciting. It makes for a cool this is, radio. This is, this, is, this is great. Who was it, Ian? Post your source. Postmates. Postmates. But how cool would it be if it had been something really big? It's almost cooler that it wasn't. <laughs> it's just the Rich Eisen I mean, show. We're very mellow here, Ian. We're very chill today. I mean, I, uh, yeah, one time I hung up on a radio host in Washington, and he ended up absolutely destroying me the next day until I called up and apologized. And then he had to go to break because he was so flustered when I called up and apologized. He didn't have anything planned except <laughs> just to trash me. Oh, but that's amazing. That's more like Boston sports radio where the minute you hang up, they'll trash you. How right? are they going to yeah. trash you for just doing your job? That's so bizarre. <laughs> I mean, people have, I get, people, there's all sorts of reasons to bash me. You don't, I don't need to give people reasons. They got plenty of reasons. 
I'm not in the interest. Of, I have zero interest in bashing you. In fact, I just really care about who called and 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 what just happened. But that's neither here if, nor there. If I break the story, I will let you know that it was the call that I took. That be that would be helpful. If you could please just credit the Rich Eisen show first and make sure you do <laughs> at Rich Eisen show so he doesn't Go. feel left out because Rich gets very pissy about this kind of stuff. Hey, I nobody knows it better than me. So when is Zach Wilson showing up, though, Ian? I don't know. Let me see if I see him. <laughs> Do not see him. You know, one thing that is funny with training camp is, like, we spend so long. You know, I work from home usually, so I spend so long trying to figure out, like, who's showing up where, who's holding out. But, like, for training camps, you just – reporters just wait in the front, and they're like, oh, that guy walked in. Like, the best way of reporting. Like, I see this guy. Um, they're still in a stalemate. Uh, I don't know when it's going to end. Uh, I don't. You know, it, the problem is you can't predict it because it's literally someone changing their mind based on something that they had decided. Right. So it could it could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be in three weeks. I mean, Brian Aralt is the agent uh, from WME. He also has had holdouts with Joey Bosa and Wilcon Smith and you know Aaron Donald. So he's he's done this before. He could be in it for the long haul with his client. Um, he fights. He fights very hard for his guys. Um, and but I don't. You know, the end in sight. I don't know because it literally could change based on one decision. Before we lose you to the hallways and to the parking lots, because that is basically half of what stalking is for a training camp. Uh, what are your thoughts on what's going on down in Houston? Um, I mean, it's a little. It's a little awkward, but I don't know. Like I probably don't have as many. Um, problems with it as a a lot of people. I mean, it's a player who could be traded, who hasn't been traded yet, who is kind of going through the motions of practice. I mean, it's a little weird, but, like, Deshaun's a professional. sounds like he's been really good in the building. Um, People are going to sort of pick apart all the weird things that happen at practice, but I sort of don't really care about all that. I mean, to me, it's more like, are they really going to trade him? I believe teams are interested I believe teams are still interested, even with the legal issues hanging over him. We'll see if he gets traded, but to me, like, I don't think there's anything so wrong with Houston having him come to practice and play around. Like, I don't, you know, there's a lot of reasons to criticize, but, like, to me, that's sort of just like, whatever, you know? You think he's going to be in uniform for the first game? Which uniform? That's a good question. (laughs) How about a uniform? A uniform. Will he be on the field? Uh... There are like eight possible outcomes. That's one of them. I honestly don't know. I really don't. I wish I did. I wish I knew who he was playing for. I wish I knew if he was suspended. Um, this is one story where there are so many different outcomes. I really do not know. This is one of the crazier stories. I feel like every year there's one story that you're just kind of like, what the heck is happening here? And this is, I guess this is the story for the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, if you see Zach, tell him that Rich is really worried about whether he's going to play or not. Will you please? Gotcha. I'll I'll send. I know that's really the message you want to send as you're reporting for NFL Network, Mm -hmm. but that's 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 our priority. If you don't mind. No, I'm on it. I'll I'll tell everyone here. Hey, Ian. Thanks. (laughs) Take care. See you later. Take care, Ian. Ian's like I'm never calling in with her again. (laughs) (laughs) Ian's not joking. Just seeing some of the tweets about this Aaron Rodgers press conference. Apparently, this needs its own wing in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like, I guess Tom Pelissaro kind of started it by just being like, hey, what was this all about? And Aaron talked for five straight minutes. Yeah. He's got a lot to unload. He's got a lot to say.
He's he has a lot, lot to, to unload. He's a pretty cerebral guy. And he's a thinker. I kind of wouldn't mind being there for that. Yeah. All right. Should we, we take, take should, I would say, should we take a break? Should or we do take you want, a break? Should we take a call? What should we do here? Well, Guide us, Christopher. Well, all of our phone calls are about Simone. So we can kind of take a break, cleanse the palate. And come back and t- take some phone calls, Great. and then maybe we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we we'll probably need a deep breath to handle these phone calls. We yeah, need yeah. A cl- okay, let's all take a, a collective cleansing breath. Ready, everybody? At home, on the radio? <sighs> all right, phone calls when we come back. Yeah, we got a lot of people waiting. Wait, we're going to get you all on, on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Just a real basic question. What the hell were you thinking? Uh, What are you doing out there? You know, just tackling a challenge that most wouldn't do. (laughs) I would say. So, um, why? Why'd you do it? uh, Just trying out my new booster package (laughs) that I was working on this year. (laughs) For me, though, it's, it's literally like, would you rather live and die Mm-hmm. Would you rather die and never live? When I went in the arena, like I feel like somebody else took control of me, <laughs> and I became like an, a modern day kind of like gladiator. You know, being in there back in that time and just feeling that, you know, the, the Coliseum with the sands and the people that was around, and you seeing it, everything, and then that pull out, and you see the, everybody running and. You know, getting go- some people getting just smashed by the bull. Right. And then you look at it, and I'm like, okay, uh, everybody going running up and, and circling and, and going and touching again his way. Why don't I just take it up a notch and just jump over jump it? Jump over it. So, I mean, yeah, because <laughs> I, 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 we just looked at the video, and I don't think the bull moves very much. You did, in fact, leap over the, the length, well, uh, the height and length of the bull. Yeah, I had to, I had to uh, you know, match it up. I had to size it up. 
um, pretty much have calculations to the point where you never want to jump behind it because you never know what it may do, it may turn right left on a dime. Yeah. So I wanted just to face it head on. And so when I jumped it the first time, um, everybody started like cheering and yelling. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. And then I did it the second time and then I heard this word, El Salvador, El Salvador. <laughs> And I didn't know what that means. <laughs> I left that one day. And then I started hearing that through the streets. And I was like, okay, whatever. And came back the second day, did it again. And they stopped the music and everything. Get and out they of here. just started yelling that in the stands. To you? To me. Like me now, I'm a football player here in the States. Sure. Correct? Yes, sir. They don't know me from Adam House. Josh, <laughs> Josh Norman is not <laughs> out anybody. there in Pamplona. Else. I get there, yeah, and they started chanting that name. So I'm like a hero in Spain, almost. Not even back here. Let me. So hold on this, a second. This is bananas. Let me get this down so I, I can use this on, uh, on on any host of shows this <laughs> NFL season. El Satador. Yes, yeah, it's like the jumper. El Satador. Like the matador. Yes. Like the matador is like the jumper. So I would love just one second in my life. <laughs> to have the words El Satador <laughs> chanted to me. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Susie Schuster in for Rich Eisen, and apparently Aaron Rodgers is having a presser of all pressers. Chris, want to give us an update on what you're hearing from Aaron Rodgers? Oh, my goodness. Aaron is saying everything basically that he has been feeling <laughs> it seems like for years some of these uh some of these good quotes Rogers I'm not definitely not closing the door on anything when asked about finishing his career as a packer uh there is wisdom in silence there were some leaks for sure I promise you that I didn't have a part in them and all the stuff that came out uh in the off season specifically right around the draft he added he's not been given the right to decide where he'll be playing uh, after this year. That had been reported as one of the uh, concessions that they were making, but Rogers says that's not true. Also said he never asked for GM Brian Gutenkunst to be fired. Says their relationship right now is, quote, professional. When asked by Tom Pelissaro if he wants to be there in Green Bay, Rogers said, quote, I do. I love my teammates. I love the city. I love my coaches. Added that he loves Matt LaFleur and that they have a blast together, and Rodgers is glad that he's the head coach. Reiterated he's not the victim there. He's been paid a lot of money by Green Bay. Added that playing in Lambeau Field has been a dream come true. Thankful that it's his 17th season. But it seems like Aaron Rodgers probably won't be there after this year, but he is there now, and he's ready to rock and roll and try to win another Super Bowl. And he's throwing the word love around. He's throwing the word love around. Wow. Wow. It's big. Big. All right. All right. Uh, interesting. Here's another tweet from Pelissaro. Is Rogers still open to finishing his career in Green Bay as he's always wanted? I'm definitely not closing the door on anything. I'm always optimistic in the ability to change. I'd never want anyone to give up on me. Later on ads, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't 100% all in. So we know his mindset, that's for sure. We yeah. can talk about this with Marshall Falk in the next hour. That'll Can't be wait. That'll be great. A good conversation to have. But we want to get to your calls. I think it's really important. We have a lot of calls on hold today. And you all want to talk about Simone Biles. So let's bring them in. Chris, who do you got? Uh, let's go to line six, Mike. John in Louisiana. John, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Of course. 
Um, first of all, I'd just like to say that, uh, well, three or four things. Watching the qualifying, I'm sure many people saw it. You could tell she was not 100% sharp. Um, I told my wife her head is not right. And if she is not 100% on point, and you've alluded to this earlier, Susie, she makes a mistake. And if she lets the smallest seed of doubt creep in, she makes mistakes. And mistakes can be dangerous, and they could get, she can get hurt. Also, my question is, did she ever feel 100% free to not do the 2020 Olympics? There are family pressures, team pressures, financial pressures maybe. And finally, I'd just like to say that it took a lot of for a 24-year-old to find the humility and unselfishness and courage to admit she needed to step aside. Uh, that's a true leader of the team, and that, that makes me more proud than all of her medals. John, thank you for that. That You said that so beautifully, all three points. You said them all perfectly well. I can only imagine the frenzy for the ability to interview her after this. It's a great question. Did she even want to be there? Did she just feel the pressure to be back again and to repeat all around? Did she feel the weight of the world for all the young girls out there, for all the little black girls growing up seeing a hero? Did she feel the pressure? I don't know. I'd love to ask her. I think it'd be a fascinating interview. Chris, who else do we have? Let's go to Kurt in Florida. Line five, Mike. Kurt, how you doing? Hi, Susie. How are you doing today? Hi, Kurt. Thank you very much for taking the time. Yes. Well, I really, really want to chime in on this because uh, I think a couple callers earlier had what I believe is poor takes because, like you said, you know, you go to your job and, you know, you said, you know, you no matter when it was, you had, you know, the butterflies, you had that feeling, you know, anxious, you, you know, you feel that, um, you feel that need to perform and do what people expect of you. I've been a musician for 20 years, solo and part of several groups, played a lot of shows, some intimate shows for five people, played on festival stages for, I don't know how many I could count. And w- either way, it's like, you know, that people know me, they know who I am, and they expect a certain someone out of you. So no matter... I know that I've been working on this for so long. I know that I'm good at it. But still, you have those butterflies in your stomach or the stress or some anxiety, and you're like, I have to go out here. And then you step, you know, you go from the green room, you step on stage. There's a thousand people expecting you to give them a good time. And, and I totally think that anybody that's doing a regular job where, you know, you're just, you're not a name. Like, say, you go to a restaurant. Well, the server's not, you know, putting on a performance in front of a thousand people or 2000 or whatever. And, you know, or, and they're not worried about, you know, getting killed at their job, you know, leave that to, you know, maybe people that actually do have that worry, like police officers, et cetera, military. But, you know, but think about those kind of people when they're about to go into combat. I wouldn't even know what that's like. No think kidding. About the mental stress and anxiety that, you know, that you could go out there and die. And the person with the normal everyday job, does not understand that does not feel that and i understand it and i'm nowhere obviously i'm not on every magazine in the world like Simone biles is and I, and i've had that feeling so at like maybe one thousandth of a percent i can totally feel where she's coming from and and that's that's just the truth and that's how it is about it. And i think people should understand that you know you can tell by her remarks and her facial um 
uh, expressions that she's just not she's just not in the mental headspace to do it. And like you said, they're very dangerous tricks. You could fall and break her neck. And if she knows that she's not right for it, then I think everybody should give her the respect and not say, oh, I'm just doing it because it's the right thing. I'm just pandering and I want to look like I'm a nice guy that understands mental health. I think a lot of people are doing it because, you know, it's like you said, over the last five years, it's finally become a topic. Kevin Love, et cetera, coming out saying, you know, we need to understand that, you know, you might think somebody has it all, but they have a, more and more pressure. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I do this. I feed my kids. I go to work. Yeah. Congratulations for doing what you're supposed to do as an adult. <laughs> Please miss me with that. These people, you know, doesn't matter the sport, extreme pressure, but work their whole lives for it. And I think that people should take that into really, really, really deep thinking and understand that Simone Biles should do what's best for her. And that by doing what's best for her is the thing that she should concentrate on, as should every every athlete in their profession or, you know, any musician name it, in the industry. Kurt, and you're 100% that, right. That needing to perform is just something that, you know, people cannot understand if they're not in that arena, just like I could never understand what Simone Biles is going through. And I just wanted to say uh, that I think that a lot of people should take that into consideration with the Simone Biles thing. And I thank you for taking my call today, and I'm going to go ahead and hang up and listen. Uh, you guys all have a great day. Shout out Brockman with the Browns helmet. We're winning this year. <laughs> thanks, Kurt. Be good, man. Hey, Kurt, thanks. I think the word you were Appreciate talking about is compassion. You're showing compassion. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Kurt. Chris? That was great. Let's go to our buddy Terzo in Iowa. Line four, Mike. Terzo, what's happening, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Terzo. Good, buddy. How are you? Hey, doing well. Hey, Susie, I just want to thank you for guest hosting. You always do a great job. Thank you. I really, I really love really how you're pushing these, uh, these tough topics forward. I think you do a great job with that. Thank you. Um, I see mental health issues every day in the profession that I'm in. You know, there's a lot of people that struggle, that a lot of people, you know, just kind of gloss over. And there's not a lot of things out there that can help a lot of these people. And kind of my thought is without, you know, you kind of your support system being there, you kind of get kind of get a little lost. And I wonder if with Simone not having friends, family, you know, some loved, loved ones there for her, if that kind of played into the fact of feeling really alone, really isolated, and that pressure probably just really getting down on her. I wonder if that was kind of one of the major reasons. You have to think it is. I mean, she doesn't have family around to get her through this. She doesn't have her support system. She doesn't have her therapist. People that travel, these sports psychologists often go on the road with these athletes. On top of having to do a double flip into a triple twisting double back whatever that's named after you. Yeah. And to look into look into the stance of your mom, dad, you know, your loved ones, you know, just to feel that confidence, you're just looking at yourself and it just must that pressure just must, must really get to you. It has to. Really appreciate you calling in and thank you for your kind words. Terzo. You know, um before we take the next call, there's no one braver than the military. I mean, Kurt brought that up. I can't imagine what it's like. I'm grateful I never have to know what it feels like to go into battle. Talk about the ultimate of bravery. Yeah. On the flip side, I think every server in a restaurant has incredible pride with what they do. They want to do the best they can. That's why you give them a tip at the end. So everyone everyone has 
their own level of pride and everyone has to feel good about what they're doing. It's just the question of having less judgment about what those do. Chris, we have another call. Yeah, let's go to Leland in Kentucky. He's been hanging on for a long time. Hi, Leland. Leland thank you, you for waiting. Hey, Miss Susie, how are you doing? I'm super well because you called in. Thank you, Leland. Did you lose a bet where you had to marry Rich? Or <laughs> so, <laughs> it's funny you drop. said that. No, no, no. That's, no, that's, a, that's a drop. That's a drop. <laughs> it's so. Miss Susie, I, I will preface my comments by saying this: uh, I, I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran uh, that suffered from mental health issues for all my entire adult life, and um. And mental illness knows no boundaries, whether it be racial, uh, religious, or social, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so the extremes with Simone Biles, and and I think what the, the problem is, is that every four years, uh, the media wants to bring up these athletes. And put them on a pedestal and say, okay, they're, they're America's greatest. They're our heroes. Well, guess what? Well, during the other 47 months, they're hiding in the shadows. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if, if that's a problem or um, we just got a problem with mental health uh, in this country. But, yeah, it, it's a big problem. First of all, Leland, I want to say thank you for your service. You're the hero. Yes. You're the hero in this conversation. So thank you for calling in. Maybe the media has to do a better job. Maybe we have to go back to how it used to be. We used to cover stories. We used to be storytellers. Now every show is somebody yelling at somebody else in a quad box. We used to tell stories, Leland. That's why I got into the business. I love telling stories. So maybe we have to do a better job of letting you know are Olympians before the Olympics come. You had a really good point. And thank you for pointing out that mental illness should not be in the shadow. Thank you, Leland. And get- Susie, you didn't answer his question. Did you lose a bed? Or- <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had crackle in my ears back then. I didn't hear the question. I mean, yeah, it's a long and complicated story. She's not saying no, though. <laughs> but I won. I won the bet. <laughs> he did give me an ultimatum at one point, you know. Really? Whoa. Yeah. That's whoa. breaking news. He said, whoa, whoa that is whoa, breaking whoa. news. Yeah. Like, like Brand Nubian, he said, you got to love me or leave me alone? Was he that? gave me an ultimatum. Brand you have to either try this out. Yeah, what are we doing Oh, we here? can't be friends anymore. Because we were best friends. I like that. I'd set him up on dates with other women. That's, uh, I mean, Oof. That's, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I could say so many Hey, it all right worked now. out well. I'm sitting here at the Rich Eisen Show, ladies and gentlemen, with three happy kids. You know, I Are always happy? say this. Happy? <laughs> you know what I find funny? I, You know, just scrolling Twitter really quick, and you see all these people who are saying Simone should be tougher and tougher, and then I'll go look on their page because I like to do that. If someone says something, I go to see sure. what they're all about. And there's the same people that saying she should be tough, tougher refuse to wear masks in oh, Target because they can't breathe. Well, get a little tougher then, buddy. You know what I mean? Come on. By the way, hiding behind the Twitter feeds. So much more Rich Eisen show when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You know, on Peacock, we'll talk about this a little bit more. Mm. You're absolutely right. Oh, I thought we were going to talk more about 
Rich? You, yeah, oh, yeah, you and Rich. Okay. <laughs> we'll oh, we'll say that for the end of the show. <laughs> That's because you overachieve with your amazing girlfriend, Sarah. I, I mean, I have greatly I mean, overachieved. By the way, that is obvious. greatly overachieved. That is obvious. She uh, dressed up as an eagle last night on, on Peacock. She's amazing. Sarah Tiana, the funniest woman I know. And by the way, really cute. Hot. I'm like, what's she thinking with you? But whatever. Um, you know, you, what you said is so true. Yeah. People like get tough. She's a wuss. But like Get she's tough. she's competed on broken feet, broken toes, had to deal with, as you said earlier, the whole Larry Nasser situation and all the pressure that does come with being the best at what you do. But on the flip side, right, I do see people saying stuff like, well, if that had been LeBron or that had been Tom, we'd be killing them right now. And I can't even make an argument to that point. We'd be killing them. Not we necessarily, but the, the internet as a whole would be destroying them if they were like, "Well, I can't play today." So I don't know what to say about this situation, man. Yeah. It's just it's it's very weird. Yeah. It's but the thing is, no disrespect to gymnasts, but I never have seen this much concern over gymnastics, and now all of a sudden people care. I mean, why is it, TJ? Why do you think? Go I think, deep. I mean, I think the on, bottom man. line is p- everyone wants to hear their own voice. Like everyone wants to have an opinion on something. Most people will listen not to learn, but to respond and to react. So everyone's going to get butthurt about something that really, I mean, is it really affecting you? It has zero that, effect on everyone commenting about it, you know, who, who are calling her. Zero effect on their daily life. Absolutely zero. And you're totally right. People just want to hear their own voice. A lot of the problem with these people, no one cares what your opinion is. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. Take your four followers and and go away. And go away. Your egg avatar and and your family doesn't even follow you. By the way, the worst part is when they say, like, father Christian. Right, exactly. Yeah, and say the most non-Christian And you thing. say the most non-Christian thing yeah. ever. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, it's that makes me insane. And why I tell way, you not to read the comments, TJ. Yeah, he what, does. Why are you reading? About? See, I don't like social media, <laughs> mm-hmm. TJ. The well, social media well, meister of the show. Uh, when we come back from break, I'll give you my opinion on social media. All right, Marshall Falk ahead. And more calls. We're going to take all those calls when we come back on The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> 